Life Audio. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations. We want families to come here and gain insightful strategies that empower them to successfully teach diverse learners at home. Hosted by founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool, Peggy Ployer. Our goal is that these powerful weekly conversations will boost your confidence to cultivate the best at-home learning environment for your student. For more homeschool resources, go to spedhomeschool.com. You're listening to Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. We'll start the conversation with Peggy and her guests next. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool, a nonprofit that empowers families to home educate diverse learners. To learn more, visit spedhomeschool.com. Here's Peggy Ployer. Today we are going to talk about tapping into communication pathways of nonverbal children with special guest Kate Wild. Welcome, Kate, to the show. Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I am super excited to interview you today. And um, this is the last broadcast. We've been talking about nonverbal learning all month this month. And um, and so this is the fourth broadcast. If you haven't um, joined the other ones, you'll, you'll have to go back and either watch them or wait till the podcast come out, which will be starting next week. Super excited about all the these resources we have for parents um, home educating students with um, with nonverbal learning you know, challenges or just not being able to always communicate. And so that's why we're talking about communication because communication is the key, isn't it, Kate? <laughs> oh, yes, definitely, definitely. And um, Hello to everybody. And communication doesn't, you know, the, the word communication doesn't actually have verbal in it. <laughs> so, right. you know, they're two separate words. So communication and, you know, there's um, quite a lot of uh, research saying that 90%, 90% of the spoken yeah. word right, is understood by a feeling tone, hmm. not by the words themselves, right? Yeah. So it's our facial expressions, our tone mm-hmm. of voice, our body language, whether right. we're tense, whether we're not tense. There's so much. And in fact, you can understand a lot, even if, even if the words aren't clear with yeah up most of the meaning from something else anyway we right. just forget that all the time because right. we're obsessed with words yeah 
so much more in a communication. <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is a, a good way to kick this off because I think we get so focused. And I know, especially as a homeschool parent, we get so focused because curriculum office often pushes us to that verbal and that written language where a lot of the kids that we're talking about today really struggle. And yet there are other pathways. And and so Kate's going to be elaborating on that um, with us. Um, if you have any questions or comments while you're watching, I know we're, we're live streaming to Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time right now. So if you want right. to put your questions or comments in the feed, we'd love to um, include those with the ones that were sent ahead of time um, for this broadcast as well. And you can subscribe to our newsletter and um, and get alerts when the broadcasts are coming out and be able to do that um, too for, for upcoming broadcasts. But super excited. We've got people on that are watching live. And um, I'm going to have Kate kick off by just telling us a little about yourself and um, why you're so passionate about this topic and, um, and then just what you do to help families. <laughs> okay, well, that's quite a quite a wide uh, question there. Yeah, well, you so, fill in whatever you want. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, I have, you know, my passion. I focus m most of my attention, if not all my attention, on the autism spectrum. That's my expertise and my passion. And of course, it is a spectrum, so not just. Right. Not just our lovely adults and children who have yet to verbally speak, but also, you know, highly fluent, highly verbal, wonderful beings on the spectrum. And um, I've been doing, well, I first decided I wanted to work in the area when I was 13 because I, I watched a movie called Sunrise, A Miracle of Love. And it was a 70s movie. And if you watch it now, which I highly recommend, it's on YouTube, you can watch it. It's... um. It's very hokey because it's in the 70s. Yes. And it's clearly a 70s movie because I'm a little long in the tooth now. I mean, yeah. you know, when I was. 13, oh, I grew up in the 70s. So, yes. I <laughs> yeah. it was, oh, my God. It's 40, 42 years ago, I was 13. Is that correct? Wow. Yeah, because I'm 55. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I've yeah. <laughs> families on the spectrum that long, that long. And of course, you know, it was one in 10,000 people yes. diagnosed at that diagnosed. point. Mm -hmm. back there. So I went into a niche field and it's not niche anymore. No, it's not. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, there were two things about that movie that really inspired me. And it was the story of um, a little boy called Ron K. Kaufman, actually, who who is my colleague. I work with him now, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but he... He was the son of these amazing parents, and he was diagnosed with severe autism when he was two years old. And he, um, and it was the story of how they decided to homeschool him because they didn't That's like amazing therapies. <laughs> yes, and they homeschooled him, and ultimately he went on to defy all the prognosis. He's married. Me and him, we we work in, uh, we have our own business together where we help families who are in the same situation. Wow. And um, and he's, you know, he, he he went to college. He's an international lecturer. He's an author. He, so it's amazing. And the, right. the story so inspired me because, A, it was parents who were doing this. Yeah, it wasn't some kind of doctor who knew right. everything. Yes. You know, <laughs> telling people what they should and shouldn't do. But they were inspired for their own love and belief in their own child. Right. And that love and that belief was the strongest force on earth. Oh, and um, we yes. prayed before we went on, folks. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. In that, and, <laughs> um, you know, and I do really believe in that universal force of love and compassion yeah. and deep understanding and deep belief that every person before us is whole. Yes. Capable. Absolutely. And that there is so much hope and capability for all of us to do whatever we want to do, no matter our circumstances. Yes. So uh, I was really left with that, even though I was 13. So I was a teenager, which mm -hmm, I was yeah. still open, open enough to really believe in the power of love. 
and the power of not seeing something as a tragedy or or a terrible thing. I was so enamored by that, and oh. also to believe that nothing is nothing is um, set in stone. There's yes. nothing that we can't explore and go for in our lives, and um, because here. It, you know, it was told that this this boy is always going to be like this, right? Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, no, no. So that really inspired me, and um, and ultimately, I trained in that method. And my 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 whole life, I've empowered parents to work with their own children in the ways that they want. I'm not there to dictate. I, I obviously have ideas and thoughts of mm-hmm. the way to go that I see for myself is, is incredibly powerful, incredibly beneficial, but ultimately I'm there to really empower a parent to choose, to be educated and then for choose what they right. want for themselves yeah. because they know their child better than anybody else and their adult. And, um, they have the time and the commitment to do everything. So it's very much, my work's very much about empowering parents to work at home with their children. Or in other With what we do, yes. Yeah, yeah, I know, it's a great fit. I'm an author, I've written three books. So um, one is the Autism Language Launcher, actually. So that's that's really, uh, and you can find all those on your website, right? Kidswild.com. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You can, you can find that on my website. You can find this on, um, on uh, Amazon, you know, so this is all about, you know, how to help a not yet verbal child become verbal. Um, and um, the, I don't know if you want to get into the other two books too. I don't want to talk. Well, we can too. we can wrap it up at the end too. And I yes. will put I'll yes. put all the links in the description um, on YouTube as well as a podcast, so that way you can just kind of click on them and yeah. and connect with Kate. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. She has some great great resources, great website. Um, so and and lots of and you sent me other links too of other resources. Um, yes. So yes. I'll be able to share all that information in that description. Right. But right. I thought we would kind of kick off. And I, I guess this is probably, you know, a, a pretty standard answer. I mean, parents would say, yeah, duh, why, why, why is it important to tap into communication pathways? But um, other than what parents, you know, traditionally think about why it's important, do you have anything to add to that about things that maybe we we miss that um that make this like the number one thing that we should be focusing on um especially for kids who aren't able to communicate and as we're approaching education after a word from our sponsor we'll dive back into this conversation is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids whether you're a homeschool hero planning activities for the next family vacation or simply gathering around the dinner table we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is Empowering Homeschool Conversations, provided by Sped Homeschool. Go to spedhomeschool.com to get resources and support for teaching your unique learner at home. I think a lot of times we're like, well, my child's behind and, you know, we get that full stress there. Why is communication the thing that that should be first? Well. It's, I would love to hear your definition of that because I, I actually, I might, I might, I think I might be coming at this from a different angle. Oh, okay, it's kind of cool, but I'm not really sure because 
when you say communication pathways, what are you referring to? Because that can so, be defined in so many different ways, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I guess um, you know my my perspective with my my past guest is you know this is what my child is perceiving from what I'm giving them, um, and then this is how I am receiving their information and judging what they're either understanding or not understanding. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, first off, if we're talking about actually probably all amazing beings who are not yet verbal, mm-hmm. right? So whether they're on the autism spectrum or not, maybe they're deaf, mm-hmm. um, maybe they don't have a tongue. Um, I've met, right. met human beings who don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it could be different things. I think one of the most important things that I would say, and I think that if you're a parent who's listening, you're probably going to nod a lot. Right. <laughs> I, I'm believing um, is that the first and most important thing is to, uh, I would say from my experience is it's really important to understand that they're actually understanding everything you're saying. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I am a bit daring right now because I'm saying everything, (laughs) but I I have to say that that's really my, my experience. And I've worked with over two, two, 2000 children, one-on-one actually myself. Wow. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I've worked with many more parents, but I'm talking about actually being down on the floor one-on-one with a child or an adult, over 2,000 children. So I've done 10, literally tens of thousands of hours. Ah, So I I mean, (laughs) I like, I I have uh, put in my time. I started really young, so. Right. Yeah. But um, I, so that has really been my experience. And um, because remember, it's not the spoken word too, Mm -hmm. right? But it's um, everything about how we are, what, you know, the energy we're animating us. Right, yeah. Because even our silence speaks, you know, the word, Mm -hmm. you know, silence speaks a thousand words. It does. You can tell if someone's irritated with you. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Uh You don't have to have words to communicate something. You don't have to understand. If you you can watch two, um, two children communicate together, who don't speak each other's language and they get on just fine. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. There's so much more, but even the actual words themselves, I believe that uh, our, our children on the autism spectrum know and what, and I'm, you know, let's say when I was first beginning, uh, facilitated communication was, oh, I don't know, <laughs> the same as my therapy at the time was way out in, uh-huh. in it wasn't mainstream at all. Now everyone's <laughs> catching up to our ways, right? Right. But before, and that was kooky, kooky, kooky. But now <laughs> it's not at all. And there's, you know, there's this great movie out called Spellers. And yes, there are we talked about that on our show yesterday. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, there's a lot of very famous people now who who are very autistic in if you look at them in, mm-hmm. in the fact that they're stimming a lot they they have yet to say a word but they are typing unaided the most uh, beautiful incredible philosophy thoughts and opinions so <clears throat> so right. i feel like i can say this now right yeah because there's more than just one or two yeah. <clears throat> there is a lot out there so i think for parents because it's really hard if you have a seven-year-old who doesn't, who's not responding to you, right? And maybe they're exactly. spinning circles. It's hard to really get that they're actually understanding you. They're receiving yeah. it. To re- yes, they're thinking about it. They can't get it out. That's yeah. the issue. They can't get it out. Right. So I probably come from that perspective. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm just going to assume that yes. they're. Un- Standing mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but what's really important is what do I work on? Right. Uh, yes. You help uh, them be more successful in the communication mm-hmm. era. And this is where I might be slightly different. I would say in order to tap in, if we're using your word, right. like, uh-huh. 
tap into a communication to their communi their ability to communicate. I would see this world, because you sent me a question, which I thought was interesting too. What was it called? The question was, um, uh, how do you how do you help a kid be w live in a verbal oh, world? Oh, yes. That was um, sent by one of our viewers, Abigail. Yeah. She said, how best do we meet our children's needs in a world designed for the verbal? Yes, yes. So I thought this was so interesting because I actually don't see this world as verbal as much oh, as I see it as interactive. Yes, uh, yes. That's a very good way to put it. I think yes. we just tend to see it being verbal people that it's a verbal world or our world is verbal, maybe. But well, it's no, not I think really. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even kids' world isn't as verbal as an adult's world. Mm -hmm. We're very hooked on being verbal. Yes. Because what what do we do? We've been trained through school. Luckily, not your kids. Yeah, because right. You <laughs> just yay for the homeschoolers. <laughs> but, you know, you go to school, sit down, sit down, be quiet, sit down, sit down, talk, talk to me. And what do we want to do? We want to sit right. down and talk to our talk to our friends. But kids don't do that. They dance. They run. They <laughs> go back. Yeah, and yeah, and absolutely. They throw balls at each other. They build blocks with other. They blow bubbles. They don't really. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that the one of the most important things in the world of autism that is not focused on, right, which would be, which is, which is the first block actually to communication is can we help them with their interactive attention span? Ah, okay, really which is good, different, yes. different than their attention span. Mm -hmm. Now I know I'm speaking a lot, so do you want to say something? No, Sorry. that's that's really good because I, yeah, it's the interactive attention span. I've never heard it described that way, but that makes so much sense um, because we're always talking about the child's attention span, and and just in general, it's short. <laughs> it's just naturally a child does not have a long attention span, but um, interactively, you know, that that's a back and forth. So, you know, right. they, they have that give and that take and that rest in between. But um, yeah, that, I like that. Yes. Yes. And what happens with in the autistic world, right. Is, is a bit of the opposite than, than uh, maybe neurotypicals, okay, which is our our lovely uh, beings on the spectrum, they probably have a longer attention span than us. Yeah. I don't know if you define yourself. Yeah, I've, I'm neurodiverse yeah. in fact that I'm dyslexic, but I, I'm not on the spectrum. I don't know. Yeah. So when my it. oldest was diagnosed, my, my mom, <laughs> when I was explaining the tour, she goes, well, that's you. And I, <laughs> I went, yeah, I, I, I kind of get this. And now I know why, why I always felt so awkward, you know, growing yeah. up. And, um, but a lot of parents do find that out when their child's diagnosed, they're like, oh, I self-identified completely with this. <laughs> that's right. That's yes. right. So, um, but, um, so in the fact that they can hyper-focus on their interests, so right. uh, if we think of our kids' stims, they can look at a fan oh, yes. for a long time. Mm -hmm. They can work a puzzle for a right. long time. They can line things up for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. They can their, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. They can look at a book, whatever their preferred um, stim is. Yes. But that's a singular activity on their own. That's a self-regulating. It's a great activity. It's self-regulating right. for them. Mm -hmm. It's important, I, I, I believe. It's important for them. Yes. But that's them attending to an activity. And what happens is we think, I think, a lot of times, oh, if we can only get them to do, you know, to acquire a skill, then somehow their communication will come. <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, but, that, that is. Yeah. But communication is back and forth. So first of all, and also it's really hard to learn or to listen to somebody if you're not, if you can't focus on them, right? right? If you're, mm -hmm. don't, so the interactive attention is how long can they, can they stay interactively with another person, exchange right. smiles or look, mm -hmm. or I blow a bubble and you blow a bubble and I blow a bubble and you blow a bubble, right? Oh, yeah. If we can lengthen that, we're mm -hmm. tapping 
their communication because that's a that's like a like turn taking with one with another human being. Right. That is like take you've got to take a turn in the conversation. Ah, yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you can learn facial expressions, which is about communication. Because even if it's difficult, let's say for um for an autistic child to verbalize, I, I don't right. that that I see it in two that two camps for an autistic person. One is if they um if they just have autism then you if you focus on lengthening their interactive attention span verbal communication will most likely come oh really yes huh. yes because it's about i can't learn to speak if i'm not attending to somebody yes that I'm makes so much sense mm-hmm. i'm over here because i'm so dysregulated oh, right right yeah uh-huh <laughs> right but you find but, yeah. but some of our population right. they have something else going on which i don't define as an autistic trait but mm-hmm. it's like a comorbidity yes. maybe they have apraxia mm-hmm. you know where it's actually hard you know they don't have a lot of control over their motor movement of their mouth right. yeah. and something else is happening but that's still distracting when you're trying to interact because you're yeah. focusing so much. It's like a child who has trouble holding a pencil and then you're trying to tell them to be creative in writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the same thing. But if you if you first help them connect with you and right. you and they, they strengthen that muscle, even if they can't form the words, they can still see you go yes. Exactly. They can, you can still find another pathway right through facial yeah. expressions or through now now because they can attend to you more then they can learn to type more then they can yeah. learn to focus their body more mm-hmm. so this is this is why you know for our population i would say the autistic population is that the weakest link is their interactive attention span that mm-hmm. comes very nicely with a neurotypical person yeah. they're instantly I love you. I'm here. <laughs> I I'm, I'm going to be like you, do like you, be right? Right. And that gives a parent Look so much you, feedback you. too, and I think we feel, you know, satisfied with a child like that. It's yeah. harder when we have a child that doesn't respond like that and we feel like yeah. we're we're sometimes talking to a wall. <laughs> and um yeah, yeah. that it makes yeah, it so. much more um of a a hurdle to get get over in working with that child because we don't have that satisfaction of always getting the return. Yes. So then one thing I would suggest that you look at is there are like what I would call um, a different neurostates that they're in. So huh. when they're stimming, mm-hmm. right, and they're really focused on their other thing, whether it's their hands or whether they're jumping up or down, but mm-hmm. and they're not with you, you know, they're, they're busy right. doing something else. They're stimming. I would call that a a, a regulating neurostate. Okay. Where their 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 body is dysregulated and they need to regulate themselves. So they need yes. to go inside of themselves and create equilibrium. And they do that with their own, you know, right that they've chosen. That's not the time to connect to them. No, to exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. It's less frustrating for a parent if they can see. Oh, okay. They can't do that. Their brain's on overload. Right. Yes. In just like when you were. Did you give birth to your children yourself? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> so I had an emergency C-section with my second and my third. I just said, just let's just repeat that and schedule it. Okay. <laughs> so, but, yes. But- but in the middle of a C-section or labor, either one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You might ignore what somebody else is saying. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Because you're yeah. so compelled with the physical thing that's going on. Right. Right. You can't take it in. Yeah. So you want to think of it like that. There's no point in me asking something here because their brains are on overload. They can't actually receive it. Right. This is a time when I would actually join in with what they're doing. See it all. Okay, so if they're running up and down, I'm going to run up and down. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just going to say I'm with you. I love you. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. this and wait for them to connect. Right. This is the important piece. Wait Beautiful. for them to connect. Yes. And you you guys you know it, right? right. So when they have the time, parents have the time when kids are home all the time to just say, let's just wait. You know, I, oftentimes we're just rush, rush, rush. But homeschooling gives you that ability to say, well, we don't have to rush. Let's just wait till they're ready. That's what I love, Peggy. That's what yeah. I love about homeschooling is that you're not, you know, you have all day. And our children on the spectrum, they're available when they're in a regulated neurostate, right? right? So you've got the dis, you've got the regulating, right? Yeah. When they're stimming, mm-hmm. then when they're regulated, that's when they come. You know, when they're suddenly another child, they come over you. They might touch your face. They might, you know, uh-huh. give you full contact. They might look at you. In that moment, that's the time to ask them for something. Yeah, right. Because they're regulated. Yeah. Mom, and they're they're purposely trying to connect with you at that point. Too. Yes, yes, yes. So, and that's as you say, Peggy. It's the greatest the greatest thing that everybody here is homeschooling, right? Because you can regulate with them while they're regulating, and then you can work on the interaction when mm-hmm. they can. And then when they need to go back to regulating, you can go back to regulating. Then they, right. they come back because they, they're always going to flip in and out. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And you want to do it at their time. And if you can, then the communication that you have at the time when you do it, when they're actually regulated, yeah. is spectacular. It actually mm. Is and it's less frustrating for you because you're not trying to do it when they're shut for business. <laughs> right, exactly. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes so much sense because yeah, we we do. We try to interrupt it. We want to try to make it on our schedule, and unfortunately, the our kids just they they like you said they they need to come in and out of that that cyclical. You know, we often think of of those um, those cycles that kids have during the day. But, you know, I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking the cycles just go much faster instead of, you know, they have a lot more attention in the morning than in the afternoon. Well, maybe it's like every 15 minutes, they have more attention and less attention for another half an hour and to, to kind of, you know, dive into that and embrace it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually what I would suggest to you guys is that if you're interested and you're up to it, is that you spend a whole day just looking. Can I see, oh, look, regulating, regulating neurostate, regulating neurostate, basically. Oh, hello. I've got a minute, minute of regulation. (laughs) That's all you're doing all day is just see, oh, can I see it? Can I see when when they're not available? Oh, available, not available, available. Just practice that skill. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and in those regulated moments, ah, that's that's when they're they're open for business and right. they're much more able to work those communication pathways because they've already come to you, and they're yeah. saying, "Hey, it's open, it's open. Uh-huh. I can communicate right, right now. Let's try." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so when when a child is stemming and we do interrupt them. Does does that kind of make them shut down to wanting to communicate more um, or opening themselves up to larger um, time spans of communication? I that as you're talking, that's kind of like the 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 question that's been in the back of my mind. Um, I, I, are are we working against ourselves in trying to force our child to to stop regulating? Well, yeah. I mean, I would say so. That's my opinion. <laughs> right. Well, I want um, your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never ever uh, stop an ism, and unless obviously that the stim, unless that stim was actually uh, harmful to them. Right. But I, I haven't. I can't imagine what that would be. Like, I would never let a child be in danger. Right. Yeah. yeah they're banging um, their head on the wall, and it's. Uh, I would harm. I would protect their head somehow, right? right? But that's a whole other question, right? Which yes, <laughs> I, 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 I can't help you with, but I know that's not really our thing. But uh, so, um, 
But uh, I think that you want to think about it this way, is that if you think that the stim is them regulating themselves, then, which it is, right? right? Which is then there's um there's no downside to it, right? Because right. let's say, let's say you felt nauseous, Peggy, right? right? Felt dizzy. We've all felt nauseous. We've all right. felt dizzy, right? And someone was saying to us, hey, can you say the word bubble? Will you say the word bubble to me? Say bubble. Say bubble. Like, why aren't you saying bubble? Come on, we've got to do this puzzle. We're going to do this puzzle. We're going to, you'd be like, Right, exactly. <laughs> There's a bigger demand right here, right now. <laughs> you have to block them out. Right. Because if you don't block them, you're going to throw up. Right. Right? And you're not going to get better for yourself. Because in order to cure your own nauseousness or dizziness, you've got to go deep inside of yourself and create some equilibrium. That's how you get better from dizziness, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Now, um, once you feel better, what do you do? You go, oh, <laughs> now right. let me ask you a question, right? Uh-huh. So it's not that you don't want to. Right. It's, it's not, not the interaction isn't being. Yeah. It's that what, what, what everybody doesn't understand about autism is that they're so overstimulated and overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Like they have so much bombardment coming at them that they're constantly having to regulate constantly. And then the more you try and stop them, the more they have to do it. Right. Got it. Yes. Yes. So that just uh-huh. goes on all day versus if you even just try this for a day, yeah. you know, where you just let them do it for as long as they want, you will find they will come to you and stay with you longer before they have to go back and recharge. Yeah. So it does, and then over time, does that then just, you said communication comes, you know, as, as that you work on more of that is in that, now I lost my train of thought. No, no, no. You're you're totally on. Yes. Yeah. So it just, in order to be able to teach communication, you have to have interactive attention span, right? So right. every time you you give your autistic child the ability, you let them uh, regulate themselves, like STEM, um, until they're finished, then they will come to you. That's just what every child does. Right. Parents just get scared. They think they won't. But if and you I, think I think it, so, yes, it is that fear that just starts creeping in. Yep. Yes, but they always come to you. Mm-hmm. Once they're regulated, because that's what they're going to do, because they love you. And our kids right. want to learn. I've never met a child who doesn't. Oh, exactly. And yeah. they love us. They mm-hmm. want to be with us, but they can't. When they're not, it's because they can't, not because yes. they don't want Right. right. So yeah. as soon as they're regulated, just like you, as soon as you feel better, yeah. go out and play with your friends. That's what right. our kids do. Mm-hmm. They come to us right? And they'll come to us. Now, when they, so we're, what we're doing by allowing that is we are giving them the, the opportunity to do the hefty work of being an initiator, right? Yes. Instead of always pulling them out. Us trying to, yes. to do that. And making them yes. the responder. That's weakening them. Because every time okay. they come to us on their own accord, oh, it strengthens their neural pathways because they're doing it. Yes. You know, just like if I wanted to build your muscle in your arm, Yep. there's two ways I could do it. I could do this all day long. Right. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you on the podcast, let's say if I just took a person's arm and lifted it up and down for them, like they're a rag doll, it would never, ever. Right, exactly, because it wouldn't be activated. Exactly. That's right, because your brain isn't doing it yourself. Right. Right. So it never works, right? Yeah. So this is a longer way round, but what happens is that's worth a million of you pulling your kid away from the stem. Oh, absolutely. So once they come to you once, up, it stays, right? Also, they filled themselves up, their gas tank up immediately so Mm -hmm. that they with you longer yeah right so you have more time and then they'll go back to their stim because they'll get they'll need to regulate just regulate again yes yes now what happens though 
is, and I warn you guys, is that then they're going to begin with, they're going to stim more of the time because oh, they have been allowed to. Right. But then they'll also be initiating more. That'll right. strengthen. They'll stay with you more, which means you'll have more time to teach them communication. Yeah. Right. So this is the step before that happens. Got it. They've got to be looking at you to see how you move your mouth. <laughs> right. It takes a, a one minute attention span. Right. You know, in order to have a conversation mm-hmm. or in order to build a friendship, you've yes. got to have that attention first. You've got to have it. That's right. Social first. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's. That is so, so good. I, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody explain it that, that good before. And for yeah. me to, to be able to understand the the purpose behind that, because a lot of times parents will turn and this is one question from our viewer. And I, I think it's just a, probably a common question you get is, do you have any good calming strategies? And you're saying, what do they do naturally? Do you, I mean, is, do, would you answer that any differently? Well, no, well, actually, calming, it depends from Suzanne P, lovely mm-hmm. lady. Yes. I have a French who's called Suzanne P, actually, but I don't think it's the same one. Okay. <laughs> Suzanne P, I really love you. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, it depends uh, if they're uh, stimming is a self calming activity, definitely. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but it, so in terms of calming, it would mean that that your child is agitated. So I'm, I'm going to assume that your child's agitated. Right. So what I would look for, right, first, the first thing that I would, I would really recommend everybody do, and I mean this sincerely, is if my child's agitated, I'm likely agitated. Right? Yes. yes right? That I makes found sense. that to be so true. <laughs> yeah. And then what happens is because our children are really, um, I mean, they're so incredible in terms of the fact that they have, they, I really believe that almost can read our minds, that they're so attuned to our energy, Mm -hmm. especially our our nonverbal human beings, whether they're on the spectrum or not, because they're looking at everything. They're sensing everything, not just the words. So I I feel that our autistic friends and our nonverbal friends actually pick up way more how somebody is feeling than anybody else. But I know because our, 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 you know, this is why they stim actually, our autistic people have what we call an S4, which is a super sensitive sensory system which I know a lot of people okay. already know that. Yes. We're experiencing sounds and smells and touch completely right. differently than us, yeah. not autistic people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but but one of those things is, is um, agitation. Our, other people's agitation feels like a tidal wave to them, like a yeah. tsunami of offensive, like coming at you. Right. And, so even though the agitation is all our own agitation is out of concern for our darling ones that adds to their agitation absolutely right so when they're when they're agitated their vagus nerve goes into fight or flight and so does yours yes what you want to do and what i what i do for myself immediately is i start to wiggle my toes in my shoes I press down on the floor because I want to get into my body right now. I want to go, okay, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I'm all right. Not is my child all right. I want to know that I'm okay. Yeah. Yep. That's that, that airbag. You got to put it on yourself first. (laughs) I want to know that I'm okay. So I've got to get in and I've just got to, like, if I'm afraid, right, which you might be, especially if you're in public, you might be afraid that they're about to kick off yeah. and have a meltdown. Okay, so the first thing is I've got to not be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> the best way you can. So I know that if I start getting into the bottom of my my body by, like, planting my feet on the, you know, God's ground. Right. right? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm wiggling my toes in my shoes. I'm bringing myself here. Okay, I'm here touching my stomach or wherever I feel my anxiety. Oh, I'm feeling anxious. That's okay. 
That's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not going to say, oh, I can't be anxious because as soon as I say I can't be anxious, I'm more anxious. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm all right. Breathe. Okay. And then I'm going to bring my anxiety level down and you're right. going to watch your kids level go down. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cause they do feed off of that. Well, yes. I mean, I do remember cause my godchild had, uh, autism too and we ran a program for her uh for five years actually a home, wow. home-based program for her she's an amazing woman she is now she's 28 wow <laughs> but um, at the time i remember i was going outside with her and i twisted my ankle and you know how when you twist your ankle it really hurts oh yeah yeah so I'm like, ah, ah! like i didn't think i was yeah. just let it I'm- and instantly, my little, you know, four-year-old godchild uh, mm. was like, ah, 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 she did. And oh. as soon as I, oh, oh, okay, as soon as I brought, okay, I've got to bring my levels down. As right. soon as I brought them down, hers went down. It was just like that. Wow. And so that at least you're taking that agitation. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing is by working on your own, it's okay if you have a little, you're just bringing it down, remember? Right. You're yeah. not saying, don't say I've got to have none because otherwise that's impossible. Right. You've got to no. Bring it down. As you're bringing it down, you're actually helping your child regulate theirs down. Wow. Right? Because they're going to sense that. So now instead of revving it up, mm-hmm. you're decreasing it down. Right. So yes. that's the first place is you've got to calm yourself. If yeah. you breathe, oh, yes. Focus on breathing, then they'll focus on breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's, yep. that's, that's, that's what I would suggest that you begin with. Anyway. Yeah. Those are great suggestions. Yes. Yeah. You just see the whole situation de-escalate when you're, you're the one who takes the charge on the de-escalation instead of adding to it, which yes. often we do out of our anxiety. And yes. so good to point that out. And then you can take charge of the situation once it's down. If right. somebody else is revving up, you can say, please, can you leave the room? If somebody else is going, oh, my God. And I wouldn't say, be calm, it's okay. Right. I, no. I might say, once I've regulated myself, right, right. I might say, hey, darling, <clears throat> it's okay. I'm here to help you. I know mm-hmm. you're trying the best you can. That's what I would yeah. say. Yeah. yeah. I know you're doing the best you can. I'm here to help you anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I might say. So I'm not trying to, uh, because once a kid's in meltdown, they're not, they're not going to be able to respond, but they are going to be able to receive your calmness and your love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can take charge too, because if you see, oh, they might, you know, hit you be throwing something that's dangerous you can just calmly pick it out of the way right. you know then you yeah. can stop yeah can, you, yeah you're more observant when you're not in that fight or flight yourself that's and, right that's right yeah. yeah yeah and i do want our viewers to know too if you are trying to find techniques to help with calming your vagus nerve or get out of that fight and flight my my friend lisa and i did an interview in december on alternative um mom care. Um, and we talked about some different methods you can use to reset your vagus nerve. And so lots of, lots of really good information in that we've both yeah. had done a lot of research in that area. So yes, oh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually a really, 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 really wonderful thing. Yes. That reset thing. Yes. Yeah. Too. Absolutely. And actually, if you are, if you are in a, a particular situation where your autistic child is having multiple meltdowns, every day uh, i would go to uh the uh um the website that's called autismcrisisturnaround.com that will be i gave that to you yes they've got that right actually mm-hmm. yeah there we go yeah we actually have weekend weekend programs protocol where we're we're actually just working with families who are in acute crisis that way oh, okay. as yeah. a way to turn it around so mm. So important. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm going to dive into a couple questions that were submitted um, before the show that I thought we could address in our last um, 15 minutes here. Um, Mm -hmm. One mom, Julie O, asked, how can I encourage my daughter to at least try to put things into words? She is verbal, but has trouble with expression. 
Yeah. So it sounds like they've gotten a little ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's such a great question. And I love that. I love that. Um, so that that's a great question that comes just from what we talked about when we talked about the regulating neurostate and the regulated neurostate. Yeah. So when your child to teach language, verbal language, or, you know, for those of you who aren't actually teaching verbal language, you can teach nodding your head yes and nodding yeah. No, in the same ways. Okay. Right? I would pick times when your child's regulated, when they've come to you, they're looking at you, they're involved with you. And I would create a game, right? And I would start with initiating a game that you know they already love, oh, right? Good. So yes. Your child loves bubbles, blow a bubble when they're, when they're in a regulated state. If your child loves numbers, start singing numbers. One and two and three and four, five and six and seven and more, right? Uh-huh. If they love washing machines, I might draw a washing machine and <laughs> pretend it's a tumble dryer. If okay. they love cars, I'm going to get some cars down. Oh, yes. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm picking what they love, Right. Yes. And so, in some kids, some autistic kids, and some kids don't like objects, but maybe they really love their feet to be squeezed, or they love to be right. tickled, or chased. I'm going to do the very game they love. That's important because Absolutely. often we, I've done many superhero costumes with my middle child. <laughs> yeah. Great. That's great. And you know, often we're encouraged to stay away from the things that they like. Right. And yeah. I, I'm the opposite from that. I'm oh, saying, yeah. no, 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 no. That, that's Spent the way you're building Legos. And yes. Acting yeah. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, so if your child, it, it sounds like your child is, is in the beginning stages, then I would pick one word with it. I go bubble, 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 bubble. So I do that or I do squeeze, 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 or car, car, or crash, crash, or chase, chase. Mm-hmm. So it's like pow, pick one word. Right. And I'm going to use that word as I do the activity they like. Okay. Just using it so that they can hear it and they can just that. Because often what we do is we go, wow, and woo, isn't this wonderful and lovely, lovely, lovely. And I really like this and I really like this. And I want to blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I feel it way too full. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then maybe they just, blah, they go, wow. And we're like, see, they're not talking. <laughs> but we actually <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, you just want to pick one word. And then after, if you played the game for a while and they're really interested. Right. I would, you know, the next time you go to blow a bubble, you pause and you say, say bubble. And I'll blow your bubble. Right? So you pick a moment just before you're going to do the thing they love. But first of all, you've got to get start the thing they right. love. So the input has to be greater than the output. So we have to be inputting, inputting, inputting. And, and yes. then, then we can expect an output. Well, what we're doing is you're setting the scene of joy. Like yes. you're trying to find something that they're really motivated for, that they really yes, like. That motivation is huge. Right. Yes, that they really like. And then huh, just before they get it, you ask them to do the difficult thing and they'll be more likely to do it. But yes. for our kids, because you've just picked one word and maybe said tickle, 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 you've given them 30, 30 what tickle, 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 tickle. So they've heard it. So they don't have to, it's, it's already in their auditory memory. Oh, so it's yeah. Yeah. them to go into their brain, find mm-hmm. the right thing and at least say an approximation of it because they've heard it so often. Right. Yes. In yep. fact, there was this great Suzuki was an amazing mm-hmm. string player. Right. And composer, and he he developed a a way of teaching children to play yeah, music. The Suzuki method, yes, that's mm-hmm. right. This is you yeah. make, yes, yes. And what he did is he didn't believe in um. Uh, you probably know this, Peggy, right? He didn't believe in that in teaching children to read music. Right. He believed in 
playing some music again and again and again until they could sing it. It was in their bones. Right. Then he'd give them an instrument and say, find that song mm. on that instrument. But because they've heard it so much, they right. could easily find it. Right. So that's what you want to do with the one word. Got it. Right? Wow, that makes so much sense. Absolutely. With the activity that they love so that this verbal communication that is difficult, of, obviously, for your daughter, otherwise she'd be doing it more, right. is, is associated with the thing that they love. Yes. And they're asked to do it for something that's so enjoyable that it's associated with joy, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That makes makes a lot of sense and and yes it 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 encourages in a good place versus yeah. you know in a stressful place which unfortunately we kind of through traditional teaching methods we can cause a lot of stress education does cause a lot of stress and kids shut down um especially right. if they've they've met that failure or that resistance and being misunderstood when they've been trying to engage and so yeah yeah, and that's actually one great thing about you, you know, that all your classrooms are in your house, is that you can play. Yeah. No one's telling you you can't. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Saying, what are you doing? You're too playful in this house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unless the parents that way. I I interviewed one lady once and she said she turned her kids completely off to homeschooling because she tried to do it like school. And <laughs> um, her kids mutinied on her and she ended up homeschooling later her younger kids, but her older ones would re refuse to come back. What um, <laughs> 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 <it> is possible. <laughs> um, yes, that's true. That's true. Let's touch on one more question before we, we wrap up. Um, Danielle H. asked, what methods would you suggest for helping to reassure a nonverbal child who is frustrated by a request that might not be understood by anyone present? Yeah. Well, I, I would go a very particular way, which is for you again, this is about your own regulation, because often we can get upset oh I'm so sorry you can't communicate oh I'm so sorry I don't understand oh right. gosh it must be so hard for you oh you poor thing right so what are we teaching first right. what beliefs are we teaching about okay. nonverbal or about when we don't because quite honestly I'm misunderstood loads of times. Yes. <laughs> you see that you know? <laughs> and I have to like deal with it like right. We do get frustrated in the world. Yes. So we, and also sometimes I really feel that people put too much weight on verbal communication, that A, that's going to cure everything. I don't think it does. Right. It, being, being able to speak does not equal happiness. Because yes. look at all the unhappy yeah. people who can speak in the <laughs> world. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, we've proven that. <laughs> so let's not pretend that the only way to happiness is being understood or being verbal, right? Right. So what we can do is we can model being okay. It's like, oh, mm. uh, I might say, look, oh, guess what? I don't understand what you're saying right now. But I'm going to have a lot of fun trying to figure it out. Oh, I love that. <laughs> right? Yes, yes. And so I might, if I have a child who's indicating they want something, I don't know what it is, I'm going to have fun going through 50 million things. I'm going to say, stay with me. Stay with yeah. me. I'm uh -huh. gonna it's not that one. <clears throat> okay, what about this one? What about this one? Is it a fish? Is it a fly? Is it like I'm uh -huh. going to communicate that I'm going to stay with you? And yes. that is fun to so try again. Yes. Mm. And so what? So what right. we don't know. It's like we still don't know it. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh, and even if they get frustrated, you've got to check in. Are you who's modeling frustration in the house? Mm. Right. Can we model something else? Can we say, yes. oh, it's okay to be frustrated. Sometimes life is frustrating. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. So we we don't need to um, protect them from it. Yeah, and we yeah. can model having fun when we don't when we're not understood or we can't get what we want too. Exactly. Yeah, because we're. I mean, I'm sure you, Peggy, have a long list of not getting what you want. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, yes. I was one yeah. of them. <laughs> I didn't get up at the right time. Right. <laughs> That's life. That's it life. is. 
I would, yep. I would say, how do we want to help our children? Res- what, how, how do we want to help them with their resilience? Yes. And life doesn't so important. Them. Yes. Yes. And pity isn't one of them. No, it's not. not. Job. I would say, look, so you can't talk right now. It's not the end of the world. You can walk. You can dance. You can uh-huh. pick your whenever you want to. Right. Let's <laughs> let's let's um let's really help them not feel bad about that. Right. Or not not so learn us that that part of them is bad. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because there's so much more to focus on that that is that they're doing that they're trying, you know, and trying is so important. Just like you t- yeah. talked about that resiliency, and yeah, um, yeah. I remember when my son was building Legos, and you know, he was young, and everything would fall apart because, of course, he wasn't an engineer. He, like in his mind, this was going to be like the greatest thing until he picked it yeah. up. <laughs> and and so it's so funny because I remember talking with him and saying, "Well, it just needed to be built better." So now you have the the opportunity to build it again so that it stays together. And now looking forward, he's an engineer, you know, and and so encouraging. You just never know what you're doing to reinforce what they're going to, you know, literally build on um, to to help them to continue learning and developing in in the things that they're going to be amazing in. And also for, for for everyone to know that there are many different ways to communicate in the world, not yes. just verbal. Like you can, Absolutely. if you can be interactive, you can live in this world. Absolutely. Right? And you will find a way to get your, get your point across. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kate. I know you have a lot of resources. Um, you can visit Kate at katewild.com and that's K-A-T-E. C W wild. Yeah. So it's K A T E C W I L D E.com. And that'll be in the description on the YouTube um, video as well as on the podcast when it comes out. And so you can just click on that link and then you, you have quite a few um, books, resources, and then um, what, what else can people find on your website? Oh yes. Um, On my website, well, there are all the courses I'm running on my website. Yes. Yeah. Are those remotely so people can join in yes. um, around the world? Yep, they're all via Zoom all over the world. In fact, I work um, one-on-one with families, you know, from Australia, from India, from Pakistan, awesome. from all over America, from Europe, from everywhere. Um, uh, you can also book a 20-minute one-on-one free consultation with me. I wow. do see one 20 20-minute support calls. I call them community support calls. The first mm-hmm. Tuesday of every month, they go really oh, quickly. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to you oh, get yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, um, I do one-on-one work packages with families. You know, I support them over a period of time to, you know, uh, create their home-based program for their That's autistic awesome. child and to pick what they want to focus on and what would be most helpful to them. That would be great for a new family coming in, especially for homeschooling. That's kind of yeah. boring. How do we even get started? So yeah, yeah, exactly. absolutely. And I'm sure you have loads of amazing resources on your, your we site. There was one question when Janelle had asked about um, homeschooling support services for special needs um, kids with autism. I would just say search our YouTube channel, search our um, website, bedhomeschool.com. There's more information there than you could ever go through. We have over a thousand videos on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. just alone and hundreds and hundreds of articles. So just Put in whatever keywords you want, search for that, and you'll find a lot of a lot of resources. We've got yeah. almost six years of developing resources on both of those platforms. Yeah. 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 yeah, awesome. yeah. Well, thanks again, Kate. This was so fun. I'm so glad we were able to reschedule. And, yes, thank um, you. I and, feel very honored that you asked me to come oh. on. Thank you so much. I think you're doing amazing things and I and um, it's so wonderful that you're creating this for all your, and because I, I know you did something amazing with your child. So 
I'm just so I'm so great. You know, great. Great. <laughs> on. And for all of you who are homeschooling, I say good on you. Yeah. I say go for your autistic child or any child. I think it's really I really support that. I really know that um, that you're you know doing that because you want the best for for your child. So absolutely, yes, I, I really admire that choice that you're making. And yes, yeah, lots of sacrifice, but it's so so worth it. So, yes, we just commend you parents out there. So so thanks again, Kate. Visit Kate's website. And thanks for the work that you do, Kate. I can tell your heart is in it. And yeah. families are blessed by what you do, I'm sure. Yeah. So then um, thank you all for joining us. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about, should I get my child diagnosed? I know that's a lot a question Ooh, many yeah. of you ask. And I will we'll be um, interviewing a diagnostician um, who will kind of give you the ins and outs of what's involved with that and how that information may be helpful helpful to you in your homeschooling. So you'll want to join us back here for that episode um, next week. So take care, everybody. God bless. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This has been Empowering Homeschool Conversations with Peggy Ployer. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name is Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.